And so for us, it was really about investing into the people that we had. You can't invest into people that, that don't want to be there. You can't invest necessarily into the people that you don't have. You have to invest in the people that you have in your, you know, that God has given you to steward. And so we just focused um, so much, you know, most of our energy on really just building leaders, loving people. Um, you know, it was a small group of people, but but the people that, for the most part, the people that were there really wanted to be there and believed in what, in what we were doing. Well, hello and welcome to the show. It's Leash. Today we're sharing Jason's conversation with pastors Damien and Julie Bassett. 12 years ago, Damien and Julie moved to Toronto from sunny Australia with a heart to plant a church that would lead people to a genuine relationship with Jesus. And today, Damien and Julie are leading Hillsong Canada as a team. It was such an honor to have them on the podcast with us. So let's just jump right in to their conversation with Jason now. Well, hey, friends, Julie, Damien, what a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for making time to be here. Our pleasure to be here. So great. Such an honor. <laughs> such an honor to be with you. Now, can you give us a little window into your life? You guys are church leaders here in Canada. Damien, I notice an accent. And so maybe just give us a little intro into your <laughs> life and the work you guys are up to together. Yeah, well, um, we get the great honor to be able to uh, pastor uh, Hillsong Canada, um, which is which is a great honor. We've been part of the Hillsong world for over 22 years. <laughs> um, and we met Julie's Canadian, uh, but she's Australian as well. She's a Canadian citizen and Australian citizen. It's a strong uh, Commonwealth connection, I find, between it is. Canada it's, and Australia. It's the best, best of both worlds. The best of sure. both worlds, yeah. 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 You can get the ski hills and the beaches, you know. You can <laughs> um, and then I, I'm originally from New Zealand, actually, I'm born and bred in New Zealand, but I lived in Australia for a long time. Um, and yes, yeah, we had a, our first couple of kids in Australia, and then we came out here uh, at the uh, blessing of our senior pastor, Pastor Brian Houston, about 12 years ago, actually. So we've been here wow. for, for quite some time. Um, and we, was it 12 years ago or maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I lose track of time, especially with COVID. But uh, um, but uh, yeah, so it's been been here for about 12 years and we had our third. So we got we had two daughters born in Australia and our third one was born here in Canada. Mm. So we've got a 17-year-old, almost 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. And um, and so yeah, so we planted about twelve years ago, uh, church, um, and we've always been you know Hillsong Church has always been our home church. It's always been what we've connected to, but we didn't originally plant as a Hillsong Church. Uh, mm. Obviously, that was our family, part of who we are. Had their blessing to plant. Always stayed connected, um, and ultimately, you know, at some stage we knew we would probably end up uh, launching or relaunching as Hillsong Church. At some stage, we were just trying to find our feet as leaders, and we yeah. felt like it was time. Um, you know, we started. You know the connections. We already had the connections, but we started to uh, obviously have the conversations. Yeah. And then about two and a half years ago, yep, be three years this year in September, we launched as Hillsong Canada. So uh, hmm. yeah, so that's kind of the short version of uh, kind of coming here and, and getting started. And just a side note, like we'd never preached or uh, led in any pastoral context. I guess yeah, we were a little bit crazy. We planted the church with uh, hmm. no prior. Uh, public speaking experience. We were wow. like worship worship leaders and we sang yeah. on team and all that sort of stuff. So I guess we had some kind of pastoral leadership when it comes to leading people in some capacity, but we would never preached a message in our lives, yeah. had we? So uh, so we started off pretty uh, pretty much all the ways Amazing. they say you shouldn't. 
church. <laughs> and we're still standing. <laughs> yeah, you're still standing strong. <laughs> Julie, what was that like, like to make a to make even the decision to move yeah. with kiddos um, across the world? I mean, that's just such a brave decision. Can you talk about like what led you guys to that decision? I'm going to church plant in another country and then what that, that journey was like? Yeah, for sure. Um, because I, I went to Sydney to do Bible college, um, Hillsong College, which is where we actually met. And, um, and so because uh, Damien was from New Zealand, um, once I finished college, we kind of decided that Sydney was where we wanted to plant, plant ourselves. And, um, and so for us, like church was, you know, we loved our church so much and we Mm. were really involved in creative. And that was, that was kind of our world. That was like what we had planned, what we had planned to do um, probably for the rest of our lives was like build church and be involved in in music and singing and worship and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of, we thought we would probably end up to being worship pastors or something. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and then when my daughter, my eldest daughter, Jalen was, I think she was probably about one, the timing is a little bit fuzzy, um, but I remember her being in a stroller, so she must have been, you know, somewhere like that. We um, there's a Christian bookstore in Australia called Kurong. You know, Christian bookstores don't really. I've been exist to Kurong in before. Canada, Canada anymore, <laughs> unfortunately, or at least they don't here. Um, but we were we went to Kurong on our day off one day, and we were just walking around. Um, we went to the cafe and had coffee, and we're just walking around the store. And little did I know as I was, you know, I was just busy with Jalen, but Damien had a vision of Mm. us pastoring a church and it was clear that it was in Toronto. It was clear that we were the kind of the lead pastors and um, he didn't really know what to do and Mm. didn't tell me about it until we kind of got home and we sat down later that day and he was like, I had this vision. I'm not really sure what to do about it. And I was just like, I thought we would be in Australia forever. So I was like, nah, not interested. Don't, nope, don't want to do it. I'm not leaving. You know, that's kind of it. But I knew enough about Jesus and the fact that, you know, he calls us to do things sometimes that we don't, you know, necessarily think is in our future. And I loved my husband enough to know that, like, I said to him, I will pray about it. And I know that if God, if this is God's will, then he's going to, you know, he'll change my heart. And we knew it wasn't for like right this moment. So we just kind of, you know, came away from that conversation, both committed to praying about it and just seeking God's face. And and uh, we wanted to be fully present in our church in Australia. And so we kind of just put it on the back burner. We didn't really we didn't really talk about it again for about probably about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And after after about a year and a half, I started to feel a stirring in my heart. Um, to come back to to Toronto and and start a church and just wow. to to start the kind of church that you know that we loved so much. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for risking it. Thanks for working two jobs or you know the church. And again, thank you. And I really mean that because you know we chatted before. Like I love the church in Canada. You guys love the church in Canada. And I'm praying that God raises up church leaders from within Canada. And I'm also consistently praying. Like I'm I'm planting in Vancouver. I'm like Lord, send missionaries from all over the world to Vancouver mm-hmm. to plant dynamic churches because we yeah. just need more yeah. hands. And we also as Canadians, can I be honest? Like we have some great sensibilities that I think are effective for missional strategy and stuff like that. We also have some sensibilities that uh, we're just like, well, you know, maybe not me. And like, we're all kind of, there's a timidity. Yeah. And what I love about even Hillsong is it's like, we're talking about the gospel 
This is yeah. good news. People should hear yeah. about it. So I just mm-hmm. want, want, you, want you guys to hear from me. Thank you for coming. Thanks for planting a church that was hard. And uh, this thing you said about calling, I think it was like, um, it might have been, I'm trying to remember the conversation. It was on this podcast. It might have been all the way back in March when the restrictions first hit. And we mm-hmm. had a, an Australian on named Mark Sayers. And uh, he, he, he was just, I think he was talking, it was him, when things get difficult like it is now, if you don't have a sense of I'm called to be a pastor, mm-hmm. it's so hard to make it through. And just that idea of like becoming re-in-touch with our own calling, like, oh yeah, God called me into this. I love that you shared that. And tell me about some of those, like um, up until two and a half years ago when you became Hillsong, yeah. talk about some of the movements of the church plant. Cause I know there's kind of like looking back, you can kind of see the seasons, you know, there's that planting season, then there's moments, season of momentum and different challenges. Talk about some of the seasons yeah. of the church plant pre becoming Hillsong. Our first Sunday, we had 120 people, I think. Um, by the third Sunday, we were down to about 60. Um, and so... And they tell you like, that's going to happen in church planning training, right. but it still hurts so I know. bad. I know. It's not going to happen to me. It's like, no, it's not going to happen to me. And then, and then three months into church, we also almost had, like, we had a big group of people that left, left our church. Mm. And so... They, well, a big group back then was probably like maybe eight people, but it still felt like totally. might as well have well, been when 100. You have, when you have 100. 60, yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. And so we were like, oh, man, a few more weeks and we're not going to have a church. We're like two you months know? in. Um, it was terrible, terrible leadership. 60 is kind of where we like, you know, we petered out and then we we built up from there. Yeah. Wow. And um, But it took us, it took us, I think, I don't know, three years, four years to, to, to break 100 mm-hmm. um, back mm-hmm. in those days. Yeah. And we, but we, we knew that one of the, the pieces of advice that Pastor Brian gave us when we left Sydney was just build leaders and, mm. and, and focus on building, building great leaders. And if you focus on building great leaders, you're going to build a great church. And so for us, it was really about investing into the people that we have. You can't invest into people that, that don't want to be there. You can't mm. invest necessarily into the people that you don't have, you have to invest wow. in the people that you have in your, you know, that God has given you to steward. And so we just focused um, so much, you know, most of our energy on really just building leaders, loving people. Um, you know, it was a small group of people, but but the people that, for the most part, the people that were there really wanted to be there and believed in what in what we were doing. And so it was just. Honestly, our story was bit by bit by bit, just, you know, Sunday by Sunday by Sunday, just just building, um, being consistent, just turning up, building culture, um, always coming back to, you know, the vision of our church. And um, and we saw God really just breathe on it and Mm -hmm. and start to just really grow it Mm -hmm. and and also bring some just phenomenal people along our way. You know, we just, yeah. we have the best team of people yeah. and we're so blessed, um, blessed to have them and couldn't have done it um, without them. But yeah, it just, it, we didn't have like explosive growth, um, you know, back in those early days. We, mm. we, it was just Sunday by Sunday, week by week. I mean, um, we launched, we launched a second location, I think what it was like in our third year. Yeah. And we, was, we barely had 100 in our first which location. Which was silly, very silly. But I will say we really felt led to do it yeah. and it was probably out, way outside the box, but that actually ended up being the catalyst for hmm. the growth and really yeah. for a lot of what we have today was actually making that move to, because we were in the suburbs and we, we launched a second location downtown, downtown mm-hmm. in like I think our wow. third year. And that also took a while. So we had two locations with about 100, you know, downtown was a little bit more um, our 
you know, our, our original location was probably just under 100 people. So we had one with around 100, one with just under 100 or something. We had around 200 people, I think, between the two locations. So we would do one in the morning yeah. and then we would do our Sunday night was yeah. our downtown campus. And yeah. every Sunday night we'd head down to the city and bring the kids and we just did church all day and we did that for for years. But I think hand to the plow is the big thing. So if you're talking about like the seasons, I think like that first five years was really those building years of just foundational, going. Foundational, yeah. Those foundational years were just going, okay, God, you know, we, we didn't really, like we never raised money or anything like that. We got a, you know, like black, God bless our church from city. We weren't expecting anything, but of course they gave us, you know, a small amount. We, back then I thought it was a big amount. Now <laughs> looking at it from a church planter perspective, I'm like, okay, <laughs> but it was, a ble- don't get me wrong, it was a blessing for sure. Yeah. But we didn't really raise any money. And so we really spent that first five years building so many different areas of church, like building that financial base, as well as leaders, as well as all that mm. sort of stuff. And so we didn't have all the great equipment and all these different things. Like we really, it took us even five years to really get everything we needed from a sound perspective, from a lighting perspective, even then we still didn't have everything. Uh, Even for us as leaders, that first five years is just trying to find our feet and trying to figure out who we are as leaders. And so I think those were the foundational years. And if I skip a couple of kind of seasons of church and go all the way to COVID, what Julie was talking about when it comes to, um, you know, those early days of just sewing into leaders and sewing into people and just, you know, who who we actually had with us. We had everybody we needed to be able to do what we do. Yeah. And you just got to pay attention, you know, to, to building, you know, a healthy mm. church and, you know, healthy things flourish and, and, and reach other people. But in this season of, 20, of 2020 and coming into 2021, um, all of those relationships and all of that energy poured into, you know, what would be considered a small church back then, has actually saved us in this last year uh, in 2020 because, you know, the longevity of those relationships, mm. some of those young guys that we sold them to back then are on the are on our board, you know, because like, I'm Incredible. 45. Some of these young guys were like, you know, I'm 45 like now. 20s. Some of them are only in the early 30s yeah. now, but they were in their early 20s back then. And, um, you know, the board members, they are key people in our church, the people that I've lent on in this, you know, past, uh, you know, during COVID, because, you know, here I am trying to lead people, but, you know, on the inside ourselves as pastors, we're trying to figure out our own journey. And um, and that's what longevity does, what it does, longevity of, of being a part of a church roots down deep, is it actually, you know, early on, it doesn't feel like it, but when you've been in something for a long time, you start to reap the rewards and the fruits mm. of of being a part of it for a long time. So it's not just for us as pastors, but I think even those that decide to push through the hard yeah. the hard times, it's not always going to be perfect. Yeah. Stuff's going to happen. But when we go through it together, we butt heads and, and um, you know, and I think some of the people that we've butted heads with over the years and are still with us mm. are the greatest people now. But, yeah. you know, you can trust them because, you know, we didn't walk away from each other when it got tough, you know? Wow. And so I feel like, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, it's been a great journey, but there's there's definitely stuff that happens over the years. And, and we're reaping the benefits now of just great, great fruit, mm. great friendships, great, great people in our world who have just been such actually yeah. a support to us uh, when we really needed it in this last, in this last year of just, you know, trying to figure out everything that's going on. <laughs> you know, trying to leave positively, but while you're falling apart on the inside, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, so this is, that's the first five years. And then from that five year mark was really, really started to gain momentum. Uh, and then I think at the nine year mark is when we yeah, launched we as Hillsong nine, Church. We turned nine years old yeah. as a church. And then the next Sunday we launched as mm. Hillsong. And so we already so had, cool. uh, we never had to, you know, it's all, we've been self-sufficient pretty much right from, from day one. So even when we became Hillsong Church, people always assume, oh, Hillsong's just going to throw a whole bunch of money into something, sure. but, you know, 
all of our churches are, are, are self-sufficient for We're the most part. In local congregations, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're in Canada, so we should be able to look after ourselves, right? So, so we've been we able to be do able this. To. <laughs> I don't do that as a boast. I just say that those years of just building yeah. put us in a great position. No, yeah. I'm so actually, glad you shared that. I'm so yeah. glad because I think there is that perception. Maybe, maybe these guys rolled in, had what I didn't have. That's why they pulled it off. And it's just, mm. it is a grind. It is this like. And there's different approaches, different ways to do it. Pumped for those that come in with great resource. That's awesome yeah, too, to keep something off the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I want to ask you about is, and we chatted about this before, those early years as you guys were new into this kind of ministry, obviously you knew church world, you guys were mm-hmm. gifted creatives and musicians, but as you step into that leadership role, a new type of weight, and then that idea of communicating for change. And um, talk about just for both of you, like, I know, Julie, you mentioned this earlier, like learning to be comfortable in your own skin. Like, who did God make me to be? Yeah. And yeah, just speak to that a little bit, because I think that's something that a lot of young leaders wrestle with. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's huge. I think in leadership, there's so many amazing people that you can look up to, right? Um, there's incredible communicators, incredible pastors <laughs> all over the place. And um, I think it's it's great to be able to to look to look to them and admire them for, for, you know, the gift of God on their life. But at the same time, we have to be able to, we have to know who we are and who God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember there was a season when Damien literally stopped listening to anybody else um, for like a year in terms of preachers, just because he wanted to really figure out who mm. he was as a, as a leader, as a communicator, as a pastor. And he didn't want the noise of, of kind of, you know, listening to other people or feeling the pressure to be something that he wasn't. He just wanted to like, who, God, who am I as a pastor and as a leader? You should listen to other people. Yes. <laughs> I just, I just. For that season. Trying to figure out who, who am I? What am I called And to? um And I so for like us, that. I think, I think yeah. it took a while because we have such incredible people in our lives. I mean, pastors Brian and Bobby are, would be, you know, they're our pastors, but also the people that we would be more most influential in our leadership journey. And I mean, they're just phenomenal people. And Bobby is like, she is just pastoral and beautiful and prophetic and kind. And, and, um, and, you know, I'm, my personality is I'm, I'm much more, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not the Bobby's not strong. She's very strong. Um, but I'm not necessarily the pastoral peacemaker kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a one on the Enneagram. So I'm like, right and wrong. Let's do this. Let's go for it. And, um, and so for me, I was like, well, is there a place for me in church? If I'm like that, mm-hmm. you know, is there a place for my husband? Who's, who's much more, he's the pastoral one. He's le- like, he's the guy that everybody wants to talk to and have a chat with. And, and I love that about him. Um, so for us, it was figuring out how do we work together? Also, who are we as individuals and what has God called us to be? Mm. And I think when you figure that out and when you don't strive to become something that you're not, um, it brings an ease to, it doesn't make it easy. It's not saying that ministry is easy, but it brings an ease because I think it takes some of the pressure off. And I think early on, we, we did think that pastoring meant that you had to be good at everything. You know, you have to be a great communicator. You have to be great at managing budgets. You have to be great at this and great at that. And and the reality is nobody's good at everything. And so we really took the time to figure out what is it that we're mm, good at? Totally. What is it that we're not good at? Yeah. What can we rely on each other for? And then who are the people that we need to actually bring through on our teams that can, that can undergird and bring strength to the areas that we're not good at? And um, And so it's really important that we do that and just admit like, hey, this isn't my strength. And that's okay. 
Um, I'm going to do, you know, just spend the, the majority of my focus on the areas that I know God has graced me in and that he's gifted me to do and then surround myself with amazing people that can, mm. that can, you know, make up for the deficits, I think has been really our, um, what we've really just tried to do. Hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you oh, yeah, sharing. Totally. Totally. Damien, what advice would you give to both of you? I guess both of you, but to couples leading together, like, I think it's a really, um, it's not for every couple, you know, you yeah. can have a supportive spouse backing you in ministry and is involved, but what you're doing is uniquely leading together and leading an organization mm -hmm. together. I just wonder as you guys have grown into this, found that balance and discovered your gifts, what advice would you give to people who go, I think God's calling us to lead together, but we got to figure out what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think, um, I mean, it's definitely a journey uh, of trying to figure it out. I mean, we've been married 20 years just this last week and, um, and we're just trying to, we're only just, I think, figuring out ourselves and in some ways, I mean, because leading together, it'll either, it'll, it'll break you um, in, in certain ways uh, and it'll, you know, I mean, it's like when you first get, when you first get married, you know, those first couple of years, oh yeah, okay, cool. But then, um, but and as you get further on, you've got to work really hard at, you know, we still love each other, but you've got to work hard at making intentionality. that intentionality, mm -hmm. you know, you find out more about how, you know, how more, how more selfish you are, all those sorts of things. And so it's similar, I think, when you build a church, when you're working together so closely all the time, especially, I mean, COVID, man, my goodness, yeah. now you're, you're with each other all the time, which we kind of were anyway, which is great. But I think there's lots of things where you can, there's lots of assumptions when you lead together. So you assume that you know certain things or you assume this is happening. And I tend to be a bit more, uh, uh, probably less organized and a bit more kind of off the cuff and random. And, and Julie's a lot more organized. And so she knows that about me. I know that about her. Yeah. But it still doesn't mean that we necessarily walk that out well. So I think communication is the biggest part of it because you've got to communicate not just church uh but you've also got to communicate parenting and you've got to communicate your own relationship and uh you know and and i'm the type of person who like like julie can be doing something such as you know just being very organized and administrative and she can just be sitting watching tv and having a conversation doing all those sorts of things i've got to shut off mm -hmm. like if it's us time you know like do you know what I mean? Like, are you, cause I'll go, are you working? <laughs> and, and then I'm like, what the heck's going on? But what we do is we just, we have intentional times during the week where we yeah. make sure that we are on the same page when it comes to church, what's in the agenda, all those sorts of things. And then we also have a separate time where we talk about mm. just us and what's on your heart, what's going on. We time it and we just make sure that we can get everything out. Everything stays in that moment just so we know mm. where our hearts are at and all those sorts of things. And so I think it's just really important that we look after each other because we know in ministry um, it's so easy to make things can look like they're going awesome from the outside. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, everything kind of comes crashing down and then all of a sudden everybody realizes it wasn't so awesome at home, was it? Or it wasn't so awesome in your heart. Mm. And so guarding your heart and just really making sure that, uh, you know, that we're really um, intentional with each other. And uh, because if this doesn't work, uh, you know, doesn't matter how good your church looks, um, yeah. it's, it's just not going to, yeah, it's not going to fly. And I think the interesting thing about COVID is that, you know, we were talking about it the other day, actually, about how, you know, we're, we're together all the time right now. Like we're, you know. We're together all the time. We've been home since March and been in various <laughs> stages of lockdowns and, you know, restrictions and things. And the kids have been doing school at home and like wow. we're together all the time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're communicating. 
And I think intentionality in this season actually has needed to increase because even though you're together all the time, you still have to be really intentional about um, about communication and and not just assume that you know what's going on with each other. And you know, one of the ways that we would often connect is we would go out and you know we go. Get, we love coffee. So, you know, our days off would often be spent going to coffee shops and sitting and chatting and, you know, and we can't really do that at the moment. And so we found that that's slipped a little bit maybe in the season. So we were just talking the other day about like, we need to just continue to be intentional about communicating with each other. Mm. Um, we've also tried to, we've tried to build um relationships that we didn't necessarily feel like we had ourselves Mm. you know when I mentioned before that when we moved back here um, we didn't really have any relationships with it especially with other pastors and um, we actually sent an email out when we first moved back to a bunch of different churches in in the area and um, I can't remember how many emails we sent out but we had one response and um, and he was He's still in our world today, but he's an incredible local pastor named Jerry Gould, um, mm. who we love dearly. And he was, he just stayed in our world. And, but, you know, we went from kind of that over then over like 11 years or 12 years. But when we planted, when we launched our church as Hillsong, which was nine years later um, from planning our church, uh, I think we had like 22 pastors um, that came that day to our launch service that were not just random people, but that people that are, we consider to be really good friends in ministry. And that's just, you know, nine years of just building friendship and and building wow. relationships with people. And so for us, you know, I think, I think um, we felt a little bit lonely in those early years, mm. but then we understood that we, that, you know, it's actually our job to to mm. then extend friendship and to to be the thing that we are wanting in our own lives and to create friendships and relationships and just build bridges. And so, you know, that's that's kind of who we are. And that's what we really feel called to is is just to be um, to to extend friendship to other pastors and leaders, because we know how lonely wow. it can be. Yeah. And, um, and so like Damien said before, in regards to um, longevity, the, the fruit of that is just rich, beautiful relationships 100%, that, like, yeah. that, you know, just bear so much fruit. Mm-hmm. I time. love that so much. I think every pastor knows what I mean when it says pastoring is hard. Yeah. And those that aren't pastors, they're like, they can go, yeah, I get that it's hard, but it's like there's something that you know as a pastor and that was interesting. And it has to do with our busyness. It has to do with a lot of things. It has to do with our own insecurity sometimes. Sometimes yeah. we're not always the best to one another as pastors. Yeah. And it's such a miss. It's such a miss to not have yeah. someone in your own city that's doing it different than you are. And you can have a good laugh about some of the things going on <laughs> and then root for each other. And yeah. then I, and I also think that I think the Holy Spirit gets a kick out of it. And there's a real blessing that comes with that kind of like... Yeah being for one another. And I love the picture you painted of like coming, putting out that email. I think some church planners, not because they don't want to miss that step of yeah. going, oh, there are people here before us, Yeah, you know, totally. and just to get caught up in that story. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. We've always been so aware that, you know, we're not saving a city on our own. <laughs> when we came to, when we came to Toronto, I'm like, gosh, there's people that have been here for years, for decades before us. And we're not here to do something, you know, do something that they couldn't do. We're not here to, you know, it's not like God's going to suddenly turn up because we're here. We're just here to, to, to build the kind of church that God has called us to do. And we're going to reach people that other people aren't reaching. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the body, that's the beauty of the body of Christ is that we've all got a part to play. And I think we definitely, like you said, we miss the mark when we allow ourselves to become threatened or to feel territorial about, you know, where God has planted us instead of just recognizing that it's going to take all of us. There's a lot, you know, Toronto is a city of 7 million people. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of churches, yeah. a lot of life-giving, amazing churches to to reach those people. Yep. And so we just feel so blessed to be in a city with a lot of other churches that are doing incredible things and um, pray that it continues as we move forwards. Mm. I want to chat a little bit with you guys about your partnership with Compassion. And I know yeah. that it's, a, it's, it's something that Hillsong is passionate about is um, advocating for the least of these around the world. And that's something yeah. Compassion is about. You guys have worked together. So talk to me a little bit about uh, Hillsong Canada's relationship with Compassion and then for what it's meant for you two personally as leaders. Yeah, I mean, Compassion for us ultimately was a no-brainer because, you know, it's it's been a, it's something that our, our global church has been a part of. Obviously, starting in Sydney for uh, for a long time, we've been sponsoring kids for, well, for probably 20 years almost. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a couple... Um, and so, you know, what it means to, to Hillsong Canada is we love the fact that, you know, they partner with the local church. Um, like they have a, they're a church-friendly organisation, which, which, you know, I think, you know, obviously as church people, um, we really, uh, we think that's such a blessing mm-hmm. and, and, and what they do uh, is so effective and you're not just, you know, because the greatest poverty on earth, poverty on earth is man without, without God. And mm. so, you know, we're not just helping feed, uh, you know, the physical, but it's also uh, there's a spiritual element to it as well. Yeah. And um, and that's what I love about compassion that they're not, um, you know, they're not they're unapologetic about it. That's what they do. That's who mm-hmm. they are. Um, obviously, you know, uh, as as time goes on, you know, obviously as we've seen in certain countries, you know, they, they've been you know pushed out of countries because of that great faith, right? So. Um, so in other words, you know, they're very committed to obviously having the faith aspect there uh, in what they do and, and hopefully yeah. things turn around there uh, in certain places. But ultimately that's kind of what, what kind of draws us towards them hmm. and also because they're just amazing, fantastic people. And we've seen firsthand the work that they do um, yeah. on a couple of occasions and uh, just to see, you know, stuff that's just started and stuff that's been around hmm. for a long time and just seeing the impact right from day dot to, to something that's been around for 10, 15 years. Um, it's pretty phenomenal to see the work that they do um, and working with local pastors and the people on the ground, I think is so, so important. Um, hmm. yeah. yeah. Our church, yeah, our church in Australia has been sponsoring, you know, Compassion Kids since the 90s. Um, but it was in it was in 2002 that actually Pastor Gary Clark, who's our um, UK lead pastor, um, just had this idea that, you know, if we could concentrate all of the sponsorships into one area, um, you could have such greater impact. And so it was 2002 mm-hmm. that our church started to really focus on, yep. on Uganda. And so every, you know, every person part of Hillsong um, would would sponsor children in that one in that one area, and we've seen it expand. I mean, we have as a church, we've sponsored I think 120 thousand people wow. um, across. That's including conferences and everything. But then yeah. there's 20, 22,000 just Uganda. in Uganda. That's the, 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 wow. and that, those sponsorships are for, for the that's people global. that are yeah. you know that are part of Hillsong Church. That's and really so special. That's powerful. It's, yeah, it's powerful because you you know if you change a 
change a, a you know a neighborhood, you change a city, yeah. you change a city, you change a country, and so yeah. that's really the the goal for for our church. The focus has been to you know go kind of area by area and maximize um, the impact, and it's been an incredible incredible blessing um, mm. to see the, you know the, just the lives in the communities and ultimately the countries that are being transformed because of it. Yeah, hmm. I've been thinking recently about how essential it is for a church in Canada for the sake of discipling our own people, but also reaching people far from God Yeah, to have like a consistent expression of mercy and justice and humanitarian mm. work yep. for those saying, you know, I put this in quotes, like prove to me that this is actually affect your life. This is one way to say, Hey, it's skin and bones on, on the ground, trying to make a difference. Mm. You do it here locally, responding to needs and then globally. And then in a discipleship journey with millennials who've been given everything to yeah. say, Hey, we have to steward this unique gift of being in a country like Canada where you can go get a job that has minimum wage and you can make this difference. Mm. And just incredible. um, I think compassion is one of a number of great organizations. And I always just say to planters and church leaders, like you don't have to invent your own program. No. Like find an organization. Compassion is not the only one. They'd be the first to tell you, Hey, here's another bunch of good ones, but it's like, they are one and they're going to make it easier for you to like follow through on the, on the thing that you've been saying and you want to invite people into. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know just what's in your heart looking forward. It's a hard time to talk about the future, <laughs> yeah. you know, and to dream. Uh, but I think it's an important time just to, to dream. We don't know what day we can meet in person. We don't know so many things. Yeah. Um, but I know that, you know, you guys have a, have a vision to see people reached in Canada uh, to multiply churches. And I just love to hear what's on your heart as you look ahead and steward this season and get ready for the next one. Yeah, I mean... Look, I think, you know, what's on my heart would be, um, you know, more of him, less of me. I mean, that's really the theme that's been going around, you mm-hmm. know, in my soul because I feel like, you know, however you want to look at 2020, um, you know, definitely not saying that God made it happen, but he always works all things together for good. And um, and so out of a situation like that, I feel like he's done a real work and, um, and really maybe sorting out who's actually you know, in this and, and who's not maybe, I don't know, um, and really preparing us for a harvest, um, especially in here in Canada. And I think it's going to take a lot of really strong believers uh, to be able to disciple people and, and help move people forwards. Yeah. But I think we've got to look internally and think, you know, um, you know, oh, I, need, I need to grow on the inside. Yeah, so often we're looking at the dreams and the goals and, and, and I'm not saying we can't have those and have vision and all that stuff's great. But my biggest vision, really, it sounds really selfish, but I just I want to grow in Christ. I I want to wow. I want to be better uh, at looking after my own soul, my own spirit, um, be healthier, uh, and just really um, you know make a difference uh, in in my own that change the atmosphere of my own heart, hmm. which in turn hopefully will change the atmosphere of my own home, change the atmosphere of our church, and hopefully you know add to changing the atmosphere yeah. of of our country. And- yeah. Cause I think that, you know, so much have been, has been stripped away in the last year. Right. And you know, all, all of our, our markers have changed all the ways that we would determine what growth looks like. All of that stuff has changed in the last year. And I think what we've, what we've all been ha- had to face is like our relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. and, you know, like Sundays are taken away. And I think for Sunday, for pastors, Sundays are so instrumental and, you know, we, yeah. we love Sundays and Sundays are, you know, we, we just love them. It's, they like, drive, a, it's like a high, they pastor, drive us. It's and like so, a drug. <laughs> so when yeah. we don't have Sundays, it's like early on in the pandemic, I was like, okay, so 
Sundays are different now, mm-hmm. but I, I still love Jesus. I still believe in him. I still, you know, like you have to go really go back. I think it forced me anyways to go back to the basics of my faith mm-hmm. and really what do I believe about, about Jesus and, and who, you know, his, his plan for humanity and his plan for the church. And um, I think that it's easy to focus on all of the externals and, and the, the, all of the challenges that we've had over the last year. Um, but I've just chosen to kind of change the narrative and just remember that, you know, the darker that the world gets, the brighter hopefully the church is getting. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's such a, an amazing days um, for the church in, in our nation. I don't think we've seen even a taste of what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, at all. And I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be different. I think that it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it's going to look like right now. And I think that's okay. Um, you know, for people like me that love to be in control, um, it's been, Let's face it, it's, pastors can be control freaks, right? It's been a challenge because there's so many things that, you know, I like to control yeah. and, but, um, but I, there's also like, it's also exciting just being like, God, I don't know. I, I know that you've promised to build your church and I know that you're going to do it and I don't know what it's going to look like and that's actually okay, you know? Mm. Oh, it's exciting. Well, I'm so grateful for your time, for your thoughtfulness and taking time to be with us today. And thanks for coming to Canada, you know, oh, over a decade ago. Coming it. back to Canada for you, Julie, for you, Damien, building your family here, planting a church here. And we just love you guys a ton. Appreciate all you're doing. Well, thank you, Damon and Julie, for joining us today on the podcast. And a big thank you to Compassion Canada for connecting us as well. As Damon and Julie shared in the interview, Compassion is doing such important work to alleviate poverty in the lives of children all over the world. And if you're at all interested in learning more or potentially partnering with them, just head to ccln.ca slash compassion and you'll find everything you need. Okay, for next week's episode, we have Father Simon Lobo on with us. Father Simon is a priest at St. Benedict Parish out east in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He took over leadership at St. Benedict from a leader you'd recognize from the podcast, Father James Mallon. And we love Father Simon and we are so excited to share his conversation with Jason next week. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with another church leader who you think might as well. And while you're at it, why don't you just give us a like, review on whatever platform you're listening on today. And we can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us and we'll see you soon.